It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. It is time, ladies and gentlemen. The most important game of the season is upon us at 425 uh, Sunday afternoon. I am John Barchard. Elliot Shore Parks is along with me. We appreciate everyone uh, tuning in, whether you're on uh, iTunes, Radio.com, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the fine podcast apps. Five-star reviews do go a very long way. Hope you've been enjoying your week. Elliot, how you feeling, buddy? Not only is this the most important game of the season, this is the most important game of Carson Wentz's career, wow. and I don't even think it's close. So I know we have a lot to get into about what Camus said and everything, but I definitely want to talk about that because I I think this stage is massive for Wentz on Sunday. Uh, and so do I, and this is uh, not a rare agreement, but an agreement nonetheless. <laughs> Let's get into that too because this is uh, the way that has been – kind of moved in, in well first of all I, I gotta say this first can I just say that I was 1000% right two weeks ago me and James Seltzer were sitting here and I lay out the plan of they're gonna beat the Giants they're gonna beat Washington and then everyone jumps into the radio flyer bandwagon and everybody's back and currently everybody's back and fired up because they know they know that this game is a 46% better chance to make the playoffs if they win this football game. This is a playoff game right here, Elliot. Well, this is what I've kind of been saying all along, too. Like, everyone, when when, before they beat the Giants and the Redskins, everyone wanted to say, 
well, you know, why make the playoffs? It doesn't matter. If they get there, nothing's going to happen. Well, things change. And you win two games in a row, and now you head to Dallas. And if you win that game, as you mentioned, now you have a 46% chance of getting there. I think you're viewed as the favorite in the NFC East. And then who knows when you get to the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying a win on Sunday could catapult them into, you know, another trip to the Super Bowl. But I am saying that you win on Sunday, you keep the momentum going. That trip to L.A. next week is obviously going to be difficult. But I do think that things change quickly in the NFL. As I wrote this past week on 94WP.com, things change quickly. And I, look, that's what's happened for the Eagles. It certainly has happened for the Cowboys. That's what makes Sunday's game so big. I mean, a few weeks ago, no one would have thought, or you know, maybe like a month or so ago, that this game would have been as huge as it is. This is basically the season right here. You know how fast things change around here? I mean, I was Let's craving breakfast. And now I'm craving lunch, just like that, in a matter <laughs> of 30 seconds, just by just by that. And things do change all the time. Our expectations change. Uh, and just like you said, this being Carson Wentz's biggest game of his career probably wasn't a thing when we looked at the schedule, you know, back in, in the springtime and in the summertime, and we're looking at every different aspect of what could possibly happen. I don't think a lot of Eagles fans thought that they would be uh, in this place in particular, but uh, it is it is now here, and I he has to lead them once again, the same way that I felt against the Giants on this is your game, you got to come out there, and you got to rock and roll, and people mm-hmm. will view you, view you differently if not, and that is not because of even if you play well or whatever. This is... This is just how it kind of goes, and people will begin to question Carson Wentz once again, even though that there's all these things happening. Here's what I, I'm curious about it too, Ellie. Do you think that he is now kind of fully, not fully, but way more back to uh, where he once was after seeing him in Washington? No, I don't. I think to, to me, so I, I shouldn't say that it's going to come across as negative. I don't mean that. I, I do think... He is close to what he was last year, but I think that he's kind of played the same brand of football all year. And to me, the issue with Carson has been, and you saw it against in the first Cowboys game, you look at his stats from the first Cowboys game, 32 completions, 44 attempts, 360 yards, two touchdowns, uh, only sacked twice, a quarterback rating of 102.5. But you've seen those numbers from Carson all year. Like the yards haven't been a problem. The completion percentage seems to be pretty good. The issue has been the turnovers, and I still see those turnovers. So he had the key, key turnover against the Cowboys. The uh, I believe it was Leighton Vanderesh or Sean Lee that picked it off in uh, the first game. That ended up being huge in that loss. And then you look at what Dak did in that game, 26-36, 270 yards, one touchdown, right around the same quarterback rating, actually slightly better, but he didn't turn the ball over. And so that's what, even against Washington, Carson certainly had moments where he looked really good, like that touchdown pass to Golden Tate. The more I watch it, looked a lot like that Corey Clement touchdown against Washington last year where he kind of scrambled in the pocket, was about to go down, hit him in the corner of the end zone. So there certainly are signs of the player he was last year, but the turnovers to me are just th- – that's the difference between him this year and last year. I don't have confidence in Carson that he, he'll go into Dallas and not have a costly turnover because even against Washington – in the red zone from, I guess it was the one-yard line, mm-hmm. literally right right to Josh Norman, almost returned. I mean, I think he got back out to the 50. So that's the biggest difference, I think, between Carson last year and Carson now, at least heading into Dallas. Yeah, it, it certainly seems like that. And again, for the, the offense, has kind of felt like that, too, in the red zone uh, mm-hmm. as well, and they can't afford to kind of do this. And that's the, the interesting part when you're looking at this Dallas defense, more or less, is that's 
Um, you know, it 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 is a, a, a really good passing defense. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it uh, I mean, that's where I think a lot of the talent is, despite uh, Leighton Vanderesh and despite you know uh, the uh, the linebacking core that they do have there. It's very fast. It's very to the ball. Um, but this this lends itself once again to. You know, Josh Adams should be able to you know, move against this line and to go and protect Carson Wentz and and basically kind of go with the the same formula that they've been doing for the the last two weeks here. I mean, um, it's uh, at least that's where I think they should open up, and it's really not like run the football, but it's again they need to stick to this the nice balance of getting the ball into a lot of people's hands. I believe that they actually need to get Alshon Jeffrey going because uh, as much as it is. And it's been said already, like how how difficult it might be when you have all these different playmakers. We saw Golden Tate last week kind of open that up a little bit and get more involved. But Alshon Jeffrey has been a little too quiet for me just in general, uh, basically throughout the season. I mean, once he came back from injury, he had two really impressive games and then it just kind of. You know, went went back down there. He and just kind of went back to Alshon. Yeah, I mean, this, this yeah. is this is who Alshon was last year, and uh, I'm not trying to get into an Alshon debate, but right. like, th- this is exactly who Alshon was last year. He disappears for stretches at times. His the, to me, after watching Alshon both last year and now this year, like the key, the like the Alshon game is like four catches, 41 yards. Like that's what mm-hmm. he does. And so here's where I would disagree with you on getting Alshon involved. I think that like you don't I. It seems to me that the Eagles game plan for only only really two players, Zach Ertz and Alshon, and then everyone else kind of figures it out. I'm not saying you go into this week differently, but I don't think you should make an emphasis to get Alshon the ball. I think you should continue to do what's worked the last two weeks, which is give Ertz the ball. That you know the the, the whole they're targeting too much. I disagree with that. I think that you just keep doing what's worked. I mean, they're averaging a touchdown more per game over the last two games than they were in the than they were the rest of the season. Now you could argue that the defenses they're playing. But the Washington defense was, everyone said leading into Monday night, was way better than the uh, Giants defense. And they put up more points, if I'm not mistaken, 28. So I I do think this offense is kind of starting to click a little for the first time this year. I wouldn't, you know, just go in there and say we have to get Alshon involved. I would just keep doing what you've done the last two weeks. Yeah, and I'm not saying like... Hey, uh, let's let's throw some plays in there for Alshon in the in the opening of the game. I'm just saying, um, I I do believe that they need to kind of rely on him a little more, especially towards the red zone. And you know, um, having Zach Ertz out there on fourth down along with him is probably a better move heading into this week. Um, yeah. I, I I just think that they they need to kind of find. A, a way to get him going in the red zone and to be that kind of dominant red zone guy that we saw last year and that whole chemistry going because they they really well I, I shouldn't say that they can kind of settle for field goals in this one like I and I say that full well knowing that I might just throw out there and jinx this entire thing but at time after time if I've seen this Cowboys offensive unit just look completely pedestrian at times and it still basically is and I, I, I they did put up 27 points on the Eagles though they, they just did. Throwing that out there. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I'm just saying, in terms of overall, I mean, this is not a team that is going to go down and torture right away. There are. I almost feel like it, it, sometimes I'm watching a Penn State game uh, because <laughs> it's it. That's that's what they do. They come out usually in the first quarter. 
and it's boom, and they attack you right away, especially with Zeke because he's phenomenal, and that offensive line has been clicking a lot better. Um, obviously, you have to say at this point that, once again, Amari Cooper has been, uh, for whatever reason, is <laughs> has catapulted this offense, and I wish it was just that simple for every every different offense. Like, oh, now it's going. Like, it's it, That still mm-hmm. amazes me of how that happened. They didn't replace an offensive coordinator. They literally added one more body, and it moves a little better. But outside of that, it just it really gets quieted down, and I think that's where Scott Linehan jumps jumps right back into confusing that situation a little more, and it just kind of goes away. I mean, you saw it uh, even against the Saints, and I don't think the Saints are uh, a fantastic defense by by any regard, and um, even Atlanta, they kind of struggled at times to get a lot of momentum going, so take points where you can get them here. You know, I don't I don't think this is a, uh, a, a, a like last week go for it on 4th and 1 and and just bury these guys and try to get to in a, uh, a score in there. Just keep piling up the points as you get going. I don't I still don't have that much confidence in what Dak Prescott can do in terms of you know, sure, comeback wins, those are great. Leading drives, those are great. Using his legs, absolutely. But for him to make the right decisions time and time again, it's it's still something that they can take advantage of, and I hope that they can find a way to do that. To me, this is about um, making sure that uh, he's uncomfortable as, as much as possible, and I know Jim Schwartz will not provide probably any – Secondary pressure here, but I would I would just be mindful of that all the time and attack and attack and attack all game long and and show them something that they haven't really thrown at them pretty much pretty much since the uh, the season began. But I don't know. Do you do you feel like this is uh, this Dallas offense has improved enough where you can't say that anymore, Elliot? Or so a lot a lot of what you just said about Dak is what I think that probably the Cowboys and the Cowboys fans are saying about Wentz. Right. I mean, to this point, I mean, Carson, I think, has two more interceptions this season than Dak does in two less games. Uh, Dak fumbles it a little more, I think, but not by much. Um, So I do think that both team, both defenses are going into this game saying, you know, look, we can get a turnover off the quarterback. Now, I will say where I will agree with you is I think Carson has a better chance of quarters one through three of really carrying this offense than Dak does. I would be very surprised if Dak like through 350 plus yards and really carried the team to a win now late in the game in the fourth quarter i mean eagles fans have seen it dak carried the uh cowboys in 2016 down the field in overtime for a touchdown so i think if when the game gets close uh obviously as we talked about it that's when carson's really going to have to step up but i personally uh, you know i think that the cowboys are kind of going to come in with the same game plan they did uh three weeks ago and that's what malcolm said yesterday in the locker room he said look this late in the season, you're not really reinventing the wheel. You do sure. what you do well, and you do it every week. And that's what the Cowboys do. I mean, last time they played, Ezekiel had a 19 carries for 151 yards. So I do think that they're going to come in and try to run the ball. And the question really is, will the Eagles be able to stop them? Who will do a better job in terms of adjusting? You know, Because there will be small changes. Is, is Jim Schwartz going to make the adjustment off of three weeks ago, or are the Cowboys going to do a better job? And that is what it will come down to. But I do agree Dak is probably not a guy that's going to throw you to a victory. But I got to tell you, and I know we've debated this both on and off the uh, air, I really think Eagles fans, like, do not put enough respect on on Dak's name. Like, I just, I, and again, like, I know this is major troll potential in terms of me getting retweeted like crazy on Sunday. But, I mean, I'm just saying the dude's won four straight games. Like, to think that, for Eagles fans to go into this game and say, okay, Dak can't beat us, I just think is dead wrong. 
No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying you should. You no, I know you're not. I'm saying I just that's a lot of what I've gotten yeah. over the past few weeks and this week too. Like you know, like oh, Dak sucks. Like who cares? No, but he doesn't. I don't, he doesn't suck. Dak Prescott can win you football games. He can. Like, and he's already proven that you can go and do that. And he's done it in a in a bunch of different ways. He's done it with his arm a couple of times too. I'm not just saying it's just like whatever. Right. But there's there are there are just so many things when you look at his tape of going like what are you what are you what are you looking at here and uh See, but Wentz to be, has those moments too like that interception last week against the Redskins if Dak oh, yeah, made yeah, that yeah 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 and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm just saying like there right. is there is there is and I think to way more than Carson Wentz does like in a, in a terms of like man I, I don't I don't know what you're looking at mainly you could probably say the same things about them this season because they have but you know, compared to through like Dak's best time in in sixteen and Wentz's best time in seventeen, I think there's major differences there in terms of uh, who who has like you know a better flow, a better understanding of the game at this point, and whatever injuries were. It's not really the point. Here not, yeah, to not, me, not but, to interrupt you, but I would say the main difference to me is that Carson. I think his accuracy is far more consistent. I think a yes. lot of the times people really roast Dak is when he'll like have a guy wide open and he like, you know, throws it right into the ground basically. Or but I think over. in terms of decision making they're <laughs> yeah. they're pretty similar. Yeah, uh I yeah, I think that's fair. Um and this is the other thing I will say is kind of like our debate on on this rivalry. Like this has uh, I I've always said that I want these guys to be great, both of them to be great. You know, to me, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott being great, Carson Wentz being great, that's a thing to look forward to two weeks out of every football season of like, all right, here we go. Let's start the debate up once again. So I'm okay. I'm also really okay if Dak Prescott ends up being terrible, you know, after this like the mini right. swing to get his coach an uh, extension and he gets money and all that. And then after it just kind of trends back down to 2017, right? But I think this is. If they're both great, it makes this rivalry awesome, you know, and it continues to go and do that. Yeah, and that's that was my point. Like, I wasn't when we were debating, you know, is the how good is the rivalry and all that. My point was basically a rivalry to me is always better when both teams are good. It's just more yeah, exciting. I mean, of think of the th- think think of last year when the Eagles played the Cowboys in Week 17 and it meant literally nothing. Now you talk to players in the locker room and this is the biggest game of the season, Absolutely. and they're talking about how much this game means. So obviously, that's better. And my other point I was making was I really think that this is the start of a chapter in this rivalry because yeah. you have Wentz versus Dask, da, uh, Dascott. You have Wentz <laughs> versus Prescott. You have, like, young talent on the Cowboys. Now, I I would make the argument there's more young talent on the Cowboys, and maybe this is an off-season podcast debate, but I do think, you know, they've drafted better than the Eagles have, and that's probably a bit of a concern for the Eagles going forward. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I think that when you, just, when you have Wentz versus Prescott – with both teams right around the same level of skill, I think that's a good thing for this rivalry, and that's why I'm most ex- that that's what I'm most excited to see this Sunday. Like Dak versus Prescott. I know they're not going to be in the field at the same time, but who, which team is, which quarterback is going to carry their team to a win? And I think this is, you know, probably the biggest game that they've played each other in. I mean, 2016, you know, neither. I guess actually, Cowboys were, were really good that year, but regardless, that that game didn't mean a ton for either team at that point, if I remember correctly. But um, I mean, this this is going to be like the first time where you can sit there and say, okay, remember that time Wentz beat Wentz beat yeah. Prescott or vice versa. So I do think that that that's going to be one of the awesome parts of this game. Although I will say, as I was arguing with one of the phony Cowboys fans, uh, <laughs> that uh, I mean, 
the Boston and the, or the Red Sox and Yankees are a fantastic rivalry, and they got the short end of the stick more times than I can count. You know, but I understand. Mm-hmm. I understand where everybody's coming from. The, when they get good, like they are now, it makes it that much more exciting, which is is true of everything, even if you don't like how talented everybody is and i will say that too and this is kind of the differences there as well i think the cowboys and this is why i'm not saying go run the football i think the cowboys have a much better chance of shutting down this eagles run game more than more than the eagles can slow down ezekiel elliott you know we've seen it before in the past but we've also seen a trend where this eagles for whatever reason this run defense hasn't been as good and uh and a lot of it has to do with Hicks being out and a lot of it you know has to do with Nigel Branham kind of being all over the place this year and I know he's dealing with some injuries himself but you know like I said between Jalen Smith and, and Vanderesh and and you're right with the young talent I mean the secondary like I said has been great to Marcus Lawrence has been great and I've I thought that you know tagging him and doing all this different stuff was really dumb and Tyrone Crawford and giving him the deal that they did you know I was just going like eh uh, but it's it's a good defense. I would say that it's not like a uh, a world beater either. And I thought uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ben Fennel actually had a great stat when he was you know chatting back and forth with Baldy because you're going like, oh man, you know this team it it just shut down uh, you know the Saints and the, the, all this other uh, different stuff with the the whole eye test thing, which I you know I'm not completely dismissing. But at the same time, every there are twenty different defenses that are allowing a twenty percent touchdown rate, which is at historic levels. And you're going, oh right. my god! So as much as any defense is good or great, you know, just like this, I think it can be exposed. And I, uh, as much as I just said, I think they need to get Alshon involved when it gets a little tighter uh, down in the red zone. Uh, I mean, th- this it's an obvious way to go and attack this team is is right in the middle and with Zacherts and and all of that. But I, I yeah, it'll, am, be, I, it'll I, be interesting to see. Sorry, continue. No, I'm just saying I am a little concerned though that everybody's going to go. Well, you know, th- that, why did you give up on the run so easily in this game? And and <laughs> there's going to be Carson Wentz throwing for like 39 times or 40 times in a close game. And if right. they lose, everybody's going to point back to that. But I honestly, I think passing the ball and being in the middle field is the weakest part of this defense. Yeah, and you know that would seem to match up perfectly with what the Eagles do well, right? Yep. I mean, giving Ertz the middle, uh, giving Ertz the ball over the middle. You know, those not short, but you know, ten to fifteen yard passes over the middle. And it will be interesting to see what the Cowboys do in terms of trying to take Ertz away. Because if you go when you look at this Eagles offense, the obvious thing to do is to take away Ertz. Because then you're talking about okay, then you have to make Alshon or Aguilar beat beat us. But the difference I will say heading into this game is it seems like at least. You know, not to make too much of it, but Golden Tate is coming off his best game of the year in an Eagles uniform. So that does give you another option in terms of, okay, if they're taking away Ertz, what are we going to do? I think you have Golden Tate now more so. And Carson said this week at the podium that, you know, he does feel like they're making some progress in terms of their chemistry. And you saw it. I mean, you know, on that play where he scrambled out to the left and pointed for Golden Tate to, you know, kind of go go upfield and he threw the ball to him. So you are seeing that. That is a big advantage, I think, for this Eagles offense. And that is you know, kind of why, like we'll get into our predictions later, but that is why I think the Eagles have a good chance to win this game yeah. is because their offense is finally clicking. But if you take away Ertz, which has really been their bread and butter, it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles offense adjusts in terms of do they keep running it, you know, and that type of thing. I would personally, and I know it's it's completely based off of how much does Golden Tate know the playbook, but I would have Golden Tate out snap Nelson Aguilar in the slot this week. Um, I, I I really do believe that he just matches up really well against what they kind of 
uh, throw at them. And whether they're in man or zone or, or anything, uh, I think it's a good idea to also just keep him on the field as much as you possibly can uh, if that ends up being like 50-50 with Aguilar or, you know, having Aguilar on the outside is not uh, an unreasonable task here too. I would just, in three-by-one sets, I would make sure that Golden Tate is is there and on the field and cater to that not necessarily targeting him but just making sure that he is there I think that is something I think you go away from Dallas Goddard and you run more three by one uh, this week now later on if they get into it and this is what you know the the Eagles are trying to build on too and we've talked about a little bit about this on Twitter but in that 12 and that 13 personnel look um, I, I would like to see that towards the end of the game rather than the start of the game. But honestly, go with whatever's working. I mean, can, yeah, you know, the if, the, the if the if the offensive line or the defense is telling you to do that, that's fine. That's been a a, a good trend here as well. And uh, speaking of all this, because you were down there, and I thought that uh, Shelton Gibson was was pretty funny yesterday. Pretty funny. Oh, he capped, he capped me up real bad. <laughs> he capped me up real bad. Uh, so Kamu Gruje Hill. You know, we we all know by what he said by now. You know, Dallas is a bunch of chokers. He's not wrong. Uh, although I did have an interesting little uh, debate with Ike Reese, and Ike Reese said, "Like, well, I mean, to be honest, the Eagles have been more chokers if you just go back to all the, well, the NFC Championship games that he was a part of." And uh, and he says, "You know, we lost at home a lot." I say we choked a lot more, and I go, "All right, that's fair." Uh, yeah. But uh, well, I, my thing with the my thing with the Camus thing is, yeah. Like honestly, what he said almost doesn't really matter. No. Like he just, it just there's no advantage to doing it. And look, as like you know, as podcasters, as writers, as all that, right? Like obviously, I love that he said it. Clearly, like I'm very happy. Of course, and this is part of the reason why, like. I think press conferences suck because like everyone gets up there and they say nothing and the whole objective is to say nothing. And Camus said something. And look, to a certain degree, I credit him for being honest. I credit him for, you know, showing some personality and saying all that. But at the end of the day, he's not trying to please the writers. Like this is not what his why he's doing this. Like he should be thinking about his team and his teammates. Uh, And I think it's pretty safe to say Doug probably wasn't happy he said it. Definitely Um, not. Yeah. Eagles players yesterday in the locker room, like didn't want to talk about it. I mean, the most you kind of got out of anyone was Chris Long saying, of course, we support Camus. And he joked about making the media's job easier. Malcolm Jenkins, who obviously always has a ton to say about everything. And that's that's awesome. He does a good job uh, kind of using the media as a platform. Didn't want to talk about it. Uh-huh. Uh, Carson Wentz didn't want to talk about it. So I, I just think that at the end of the day, like we can debate whether it's true, whether it's not. Just He shouldn't have said it. Uh. <laughs> I think that's a horrible take. This is this okay. is this Let's is ex- why. this is exactly why you say it. You got to get. We just got through saying this is the most important game of Carson Wentz's career. This is the biggest yeah. game of the season, and I'm fine with tone setters. And if that and if that does it, then that does it. Everybody says, "Oh, bulletin board material, whatever." We're not like, "Oh, we're gonna go down there and we're gonna you know try our best and see what happens." No, you should make a statement. Everybody goes, "Well, let you make this statement on the field." Guess what? You can do both things. You can do both things at any given time, and I guarantee you, those people in that locker room like it. I, I, no, you, I disagree. I completely disagree. I, I think the I think it put it puts first of all an unneeded bullseye on their back, right? Like the bullseye's you, already there, Elliot. It's already yeah, but, there. But, if you're the cow, all right. If you're the Cowboys, right? So, so first of all, both teams are already jacked up for this game. But if you're the Cowboys, now you have something to throw in the Eagles' face. I mean, you know, during the game, if the Cowboys win, they'll be you know doing the choke sign, they'll be getting in Camus' face and all that stuff. Like, like what, like what, what, what is Camus 
first of all, I don't think it was calculated. I don't, th- I don't think Kamu no. like woke up the mo- that morning and was like, I'm going to send a message. Like, I don't think that's what it was. I think he just said something off the cuff and he probably didn't want to say it. And look, also, if, if you're going to say it, then talk the next day and back it up, right? The fact that he didn't talk on Thursday after saying it on Wednesday to me shows that they no, he probably come knows on, man. They, you know that Doug said, don't go out there. Okay, well then, if Doug, if Doug, let's just say that is true. Yeah. Well, then clearly the team didn't like it. So that bat, so that takes away your yeah. point that you know that. No, I, the coach, just, the coach didn't like it, and they don't want it in the media, and that's every NFL coach in the world. The fact that Dak Prescott responded to it with that stupid quote of Jason Garrett: "Winners are worry about winning, and losers worry about the winners." Then check with your fucking head coach about he must have been paying attention to the losers. Because, I, I, like, sorry, I, I I love this. You got somebody to comment on it. You got two Dallas players to comment on it yeah, back in cow- the media. Yeah, a bunch of Cowboys players commented good. on it. Good, good, okay. That's good. Well, of course I- they're going to comment. They were asked about it. They like, didn't say, you-, you know what, he can say whatever he wants. We'll do our talking on the field. That didn't happen. They cracked yeah, back it, at it, him. It did for the most part. I mean, look, I think people are, I think people are making too much of Dak's comment. Dak basically, I, look, he clearly got a little more engaged than other players did. I mean, in terms he of said who, like, Elliot? He who said who? And, yeah. yeah, come on. Yeah, but what, what do you think? What do you think? Dak shook now? Like, do you think it's no, like I don't think he shook. Dak's head? I'm just saying if you're worrying, you're worrying, he's, he's, his statement is already untrue. Because he's worrying about what he said. He was asked about it. He just said, I don't care what they have to say. They, but not I, but not I, once. I guess the difference is who come who came across as more like worried. Camus, who started it, or Dak, who responded to it. I, I mean, I guess if 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 you think that people are worried about that now, which you know clearly some are, and the, when you ever talk smack, it always comes back to bite you. I don't know. I, I didn't hear anybody say that about the the Cowboys last week against the Saints. You know, right? Look, I mean, so, I, to me, I think this is going to have no impact on the game. Like, I don't think. Like I don't think the Eagles are going to play any better or worse because of what Camus said. No, exactly. I don't really, That's why I don't I like think, it. Yeah, but it just it, it has it, a way to me. Just like, it has a better chance of blowing up in your face. I don't know. I just I don't think it's worth it. If like, it doesn't like, matter, then how does it have a better chance of blowing up in your face, Elliot? That's what I'm saying. If no, it no, no. has no impact on if they're going to play better or worse, if he said it or if he didn't say it, then how how could it possibly blow up in your face? You can't deny the fact that look, if the Eagles lose this game. That that comment is going to be thrown back in the Eagles' face way more than if they win it. Then everyone talking about oh, Camus backed it up, blah blah. Like of course, I don't think- that's how trash talking works. That's how everything right. works. That's how I mean, Jesus, how many athletes have made careers based off of that? That's just I I I like it. I say that it's that it's on you. And guess what? When Dallas exits in the playoffs, if they make it. Uh, then, yeah. then, then no one's gonna remember that either. So it doesn't really matter. But, that's, but that's I will also saying. say, and like I think Camus Gruger Hill has played good this year. I think he's one of those like kind of like not glue guys, but he was voted a team captain. I also just think that Camus at the end of the day is not gonna have a big hand in the impact of this game, right? I mean, this realistically Ooh, because of the yeah. position he plays. Yes, let's so, get that down on paper. Just remember the marking. <laughs> Thirty three minutes. All right, there in. you go. Write it down. I mean, look, the dude did drop a pick six in the last game. Yeah. Now I know you can say the cast thing and that you right. know whatever, but like uh, to me, like yeah, you're right. Some players do make careers out of that. If if a team if it if the Eagles feel the need and they like the idea of trash talking the Cowboys, then it should be guys like Wentz, Ertz, Cox, Jenkins, that, that those type of guys. Like I just Man. think this is now a burden for the Eagles. I mean, oh. like yesterday in the locker room, Malcolm Jenkins was clearly 
not in the mood to talk about it. Like, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but to me, he seemed annoyed by the whole thing. Right. So, so, so why? Like, what, what's the advantage? What, what have the Eagles gained by this? Listen, if the Cowboys fans want to feel better about Kamu Gruje Hill dropping a direct pick six that their quarterback threw, God bless them. You know, like, first of right, all, obviously let's, it wasn't let's address that. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I mean, like, so Chris Long was kind of wishy-washy. Malcolm didn't like it. That's fine. I'm sure there are people that didn't like it because he also didn't he say he's not a big fan of Bolton, Bormann, Tilly or whatever. So, you know, I'm sure some guys do and some guys don't. I'm I'm sticking to I would guess the majority of people did that. And the reason why is because Shelton Gibson punked everybody. So they obviously were in on the joke. Shelton Gibson walked right. in the locker room as Kamu Gruje Hill and turned around and everybody left. So I, I, that's yeah. that's why I think it's not as damaging as, oh, look, as people I, I'm not sitting for. here and saying I think the locker room's mad at him. I think Malcolm is probably, you know, not thrilled, but Malcolm also has extremely serious demeanor most of the time. I mean, he can clearly joke and have fun, right. but he has a very serious demeanor. Um, look, I look, I think the younger guys, guys like Shelton, guys that were laughing yesterday, Wendell Small, those type of guys, to be honest, like the pressure's not really on them this week. Like <laughs> like Camus, like Camus putting is just adding more pressure onto the guys that have they're going to have an actual impact good, in this game. Good because they have to. You have to be able to win, and and it doesn't matter like if the pressure's on or the pressure's not. We've already established that this entire year. Pressure was on when they should have won. They didn't do it. Pressure was off. Right. They didn't do it. Now they're in the hunt back again. I I I like it. You can you can tell us if you do, if you do or don't at Go Birds Pod at Elliot Shore Parks at John Barchard. Do you know what it's time for, Elliot? I do not. It's so- <laughs> time for the picks. Hit me. It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. The picks, of course, brought to you by the Casino at Delaware Park. We can watch and wager on all of this week's action. You know, place a bet on Army-Navy while you're at it on Saturday. Uh, the uh, the full scope, that third floor is amazing. Has every single television uh, with uh, every single television. Every single game uh, up there with a ton of televisions is what I should have said for uh, Saturday and Sunday. Plus, uh, me and Jack Fritz are going to be at Mayfair on Sunday as well where you can win a couple of Go Bird shirts. A.J. Feely will be there. It's going to be a big tailgate happening at the corner of Frankfurt and Cotman. It's a huge block party. There's going to be a large, big screen where you can watch the Cowboys game as well. Uh, Two-hour live show on the FacebookLive.com. Uh, and then uh, you can go straight over to the Delaware Park Casino and, uh, you know, uh, pick winners only because that's all we're going to give you as it, uh, again, watch and wager on every NFL game on Sunday. The uh, Casino at Delaware Park is a lottery agent of the Delaware Lottery. You must be 21 to play, but not 21 to watch, Elliot. And uh, we're going to keep an eye on some of the wildcard teams, though. I do want to point out that the Giants are a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Washington, which is uh, something I didn't think I'd ever see, but welcome to the new NFC East where it's wild and wacky. Let's go to Monday night first as uh, Minnesota is going to walk into Seattle. Seattle is getting the three-point favorite treatment just being at home. Very important uh, that mm-hmm. we are all rooting for the Seahawks, actually, because uh, one, for Elliott's takes that Minnesota is still a fraud. And, uh, they are. Seattle, I was dead right about that. Because I called everybody out and saying there's no way in hell that the Seahawks are going to be the worst team in the league. 
because of my man Russell, and that has been 100% true. But Elliot, who are you taking in this one? I'm going, obviously, with the Seahawks, and that's good for the Eagles. The Eagles need Minnesota to lose, and the interesting thing about it is the Eagles have to finish the game above Minnesota because they did out, they're did they going to obviously lose that tiebreaker. Stupid it is possible, tie. but in order for that to happen, you need the Vikings to lose this game. I don't see any way the Vikings go into Seattle in a primetime game. The Seahawks are red hot right now. I'm taking the Seahawks with the points. Yeah, so or, am I. You know, to cover. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, I know, like, don't go against Seattle at home. is is wavered a little bit, but... Just like uh, you were saying here, it's Monday night. Everybody's watching. I'm sticking with that. Uh, the Carolina Panthers are heading into Cleveland. If you can believe this, they are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Cleveland really struggled last week. Um, uh, I am going to pick the Browns at home. I'm taking the home dog. I'll take the plus two or the minus one-and-a-half or the plus one-and-a-half if you can still get it there. Uh, listen, this Carolina team has been all over the place. I know people are saying on the on the downturn, I still think they're competitive. I just have a feeling that this works out pretty, pretty, pretty great for Eagles fans this weekend. Uh, Elliot, I'm taking the, the Browns and the points. Are we ringing the bell? Are, are you ringing the bell? I'm not, no. But I was curious <laughs> if, if we were doing it this segment or not. Oh, I'm not oh, ringing yeah. the bell oh, in this, in we this case. We always ring the bell, Elliot. Come on, man. It's week 14. <laughs> I agree. I think the Panthers are falling apart, it seems. I think at the end of the day, Cleveland, yeah, they didn't look great last week, but it still feels like the arrow's pointing up on them. They've played a lot better uh, this season, obviously, than most years, but I think especially recently outside of last week. So I am going to go with the Browns. And as you mentioned, if Minnesota and Carolina loses, uh, the Eagles' loss to the Cowboys would still be a pretty devastating one, but it would at least keep that wild card door open a little bit. So I am going to pick the Browns to uh, beat the Panthers. Uh, and then uh, last one on the slate before we get down to the real business Sunday night, the Rams walking into Chicago, a three point favorite. Mitchell Trubisky is going to go. Excuse me, Mitch, because he hasn't earned Mitchell yet. I guess <laughs> that's, uh, I, I'm still I'm still still like my takes. I'm still holding on real tight, even though it's looking pretty bad right now. Uh, I might oddly enough, though, um, I think the Rams lose here. I'm going to take yeah, the. I, yeah, I, I, I do too. I was hoping uh, I'd be upset there. Yeah, I like, <laughs> I, you know, uh, their their defense is is very good. I don't think it's going to slow down the Rams at all. But um, I think this is another big battle here. Fifty one and a half is the over under. Um, I say they they handsomely go over, and this is kind of the next uh, kind of fun shootout here. Uh, the, the Khalil Mack ends up strip sacking Jared Goff at the end to seal the victory and get the extra field goal. Uh, and well, I guess that would make it a push, but I'm taking the Bears anyway, just in case it's a four-point game, Elliot. Yeah, so I, I think the Bears are going to win the game outright, but obviously you, you pick the Bears, you get the points, which is an added bonus. Um, I think, look, I think this is a statement game for the Bears. I think they are much better than people give them credit for. They're kind of viewed as lower down echelon in, that, in the NFC behind the Rams and the Saints. I don't think they should be there. I think they're a very good team, and then you get uh, you get Trubisky back, which is obviously going to help. So I think the, uh, the, uh, the Bears in this primetime spot do pull off the win. All right, it is prediction time. Elliot, what happens Sunday afternoon around 7 o'clock? What's, what's going to end? All right, I have so many thoughts on this game, and I, I can't tell you how many times this week I've bounced back and forth. So on one hand, my gut is telling me the Eagles win this game. And over the last two, three years, my gut's been pretty good. Like most of the times, I have a pretty good feel for what's going to happen. Something's telling me the Eagles win this game, but... I can't go and make that pick. So my official prediction is going to be the Cowboys. I just, 
I just don't trust this Eagles team enough yet. I don't. I don't think. Look, they had two good wins in terms of just stringing two wins together, but they weren't against great teams. I mean, even against the Redskins, it was 14-13 in that fourth quarter, at least very early on. Uh, you know, I don't trust them to be able to stop Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, the offensive line's played better, but I'm still worried about Demarcus Lawrence, and I think Dak's better than other people do. So, I am picking the Cowboys to win this game. Uh, well. Um... I, I, it's, it's been a long time, everybody. I think we know uh, what's coming here. Listen, this is this has been an, an, a, a crazy, spectacular season all at once, and I know that emotions have ran high and very, very low throughout this entire season. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to say that I think, I think, and I'm feeling as we're about. 72 hours away from this game or so that uh, we're all together again and it feels pretty awesome that we're all together once again here to kind of enjoy this moment even if it might be painful in the end this is the biggest game of the season and you know what when Carson Wentz takes that field he's going to remember he is going to remember that he is the ultimate chosen one in this quarterback battle he's gonna ride in there with this offensive line that's playing red hot and he's gonna walk into dallas and he's gonna come out a big time winner because when you doubt this 2017 super bowl champion team and you think that they don't have enough and you've doubted them all along they are going to surprise everybody as they run on through and destroy everything in their path as Alshon and Ertz and all the rest will ride us into victory. And we will say Monday morning, we're back. The Eagles will roll the Dallas Cowboys and we will rejoice and know that this team is ready for a playoff run. It is time to turn the switch. Eagles. 31, Dallas, 28, and we all sit here ready for the playoffs just like I thought we would be. It's time, everybody. Turn the fucking switch. Liquor up as much as you need to. It's time to kick some cowboy ass. Let us ride together one more time like we once did against those Minnesota Vikings. We need it all. Bring it all. It's Sunday afternoon. And it's time to go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Go Birds number 37. Right here on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP.